You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the APC podcast from SB Nation talking about your Green Bay Packers all day. Every day coming to you as we record this on a Monday, September 30th. I am Zach Rapport, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Follow the show at the APC Pod on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram for pictures of my dog and our recording equipment and other, you know, fun stuff like that. If you're if that's your bag, if you're into that. <laughs> and uh joining me to talk about said Green Bay Packers. No Alex Patakis today. It's just me. Me and my good buddy Ben, Ben Foldy at Ben Foldy on Twitter. How are you doing, man? Doing all right. It's the end of a Monday. Feels that way. Although I will say your your lighting situation normally is really dark and ominous. I can see on the video chat you've got this beautiful Detroit afternoon light, some sort of like magic hour situation going on here. It looks really nice. Yeah, Detroit's really far west in the eastern time zone, so we get like late, late, uh, sunsets relative to everybody else in the eastern time zone so it's definitely it's like the golden hour right now is that uh your cat on the couch as well yes <laughs> just uh two morons two microphones and uh two house pets today um all right guys due to the eagles loss being all the way on last thursday night uh, i think we're gonna we're gonna do today's show a little bit differently um, just because most of the takes from that game, Dumb Ben took already. So instead, I thought we'd uh, we'd kind of do a little four-game stretch note-nug session here today because we are through one quarter now of the NFL season. I know some people say the quarter pole, and then some other people say, yeah, the quarter pole is a horse racing reference, and it doesn't really mean what you think it means. Yeah, 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 whatever, guys. There are 16 games, and we are through four of them. Um, and while it has been far from perfect, uh, if you would have told me in August that uh, the Packers would be three and one at this point, sitting atop the division, um, and with two division wins, I'd say give me that every day and twice on Sunday. That sounds great to me. But uh, with that in mind, let's take a look back, sort of in that first four-game stretch as a group, and give some notable nuggets. Ben, first quarter of the season has come and gone. What's your notable nugget for this Packers team so far? Can I take kind of an expansive definition of a notable Absolutely. nugget? Absolutely. And so I, I, I want to talk just a little bit about roster construction more broadly. So my notable nugget for the Thursday night game would have been, why do we have a fullback on the roster if we don't have any plays in which using him would be meaningful from first and first and goal to go from the one yard line? <laughs> A valid question. 
And on that note, I mean, I do think that if if Devante is out for any meaningful amount of time, we're going to see that our wide receiver depth is pretty scant. And I, I realize I might sound like a hypocrite as I was fairly high on a lot of our young uh, receivers. You said it. You said it. Not me. You said the H word. Not me. <laughs> no, I mean, well, so here's the thing. I still think that Alan Lazard is. I, I think he was a draftable prospect last season, and I, I think he's a fine uh, weapon in the in the in the holster. That said, I think we're seeing this season a lot of young receivers across the league are looking really good, and it's another one of those seasons where guys like DJ Chark and AJ Brown and Marquise Brown and uh, even John Ross to a certain extent, although I wouldn't really want John Ross on the Packers. A lot of players who the Packers could have drafted in the past few years are really showing out for other teams. And I would appreciate having some of that uh, on the team right now. Right about now as the turf toe is creeping in. I mean, I think Jamon Moore like looks like a really bad pick at this point, obviously. But you know, even on that note, I mean, Josh Jones looks like a really bad pick and Chris Godwin looks amazing and that is kind of who I wanted in the second and third round that season so I feel like there might be an overcorrection coming in certain in certain personnel trends like I do think that they will probably throw some draft capital at wide receiver this year but I I guess what bums me out a little about that is I think if if they could have seen that coming and picked up some of the good like third through fifth round talent uh, in the past couple of years, and and we would be better off right now than I think we are on offense. Let me ask you this: Do, I see a lot of chatter on Twitter, especially now given the the Devonte Adams injury, which it's it's week to week. But turf toe is one of those things that, like, oh gee, it could heal up in a in a day, or it could be you know months of battling through reaggravation and rehab and, and all that stuff. So I, I see a lot of chatter about. And this happens all year round, but especially when there's an injury around players that the, the Packers should look to acquire via trade. So I, w- I would pose that to you, uh, given given your seeming now lack of faith in the, in the depth of the in the wide receiver room. Is there anyone that you have your eye on or that you think would be a worthwhile addition at this point in the season? Uh, yeah, I would say if Denver's ready to call it a day on their season, which they probably should be, yeah. uh, Emmanuel Sanders is kind of the top of the list. I mean, he's the only name I, I see kind of thrown about as being possibly. Can we be top. hot takey and say that uh, Jordy Nelson's probably sitting on a tractor with nothing to do? Jordy Nelson, <laughs> I have no interest in. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Channeling my inner Jason Wildey there. You know, I, I, I see Corey Davis's name get thrown around. I think that's a reasonable shot for the Packers to take and more upside in the long run than Emmanuel Sanders. And I also think I'm a little curious if Jacksonville would be willing to part with Keelan Cole or D.D. Westbrook mm. or whoever they're kind of least high on with D.J. Chark coming along. Mm. Those would be the names on the trade market that I, I would be interested in. I mean, I guess the, uh, the flip side of the roster construction issue is I think the defense is pretty well stocked still. Looking at how well Philadelphia ran the ball against uh, Green Bay on a three-day rest. I mean, granted, I think Philadelphia has probably the best offensive line in the league. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. But I also think that you know a three-man rotation 
on four days rest is going to get chewed up. Yeah. Like whether or not that's the best offensive line in the league. Uh, but I do think by and large, I think the D, the, the roster construction on the defensive side of the ball is pretty good. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I think Oren Burks practiced today, which is good. You know, by and large, I think, I mean, I still think this is a better football team than most people thought they were coming into this yeah, season. Yeah, I agree. And improved from last year, which uh, brings me to my notable nugget. Um, aside from the fact that uh, I think this PI, OPI review rule thing is an unmitigated trash fire league wide, I just had to get that dig in there. Let's not go that direction. Um, rather, I would like to talk about um, Aaron Rodgers. So far, I, I like what I see. In terms of Aaron Rodgers sort of trusting the new scheme, um, as I said at the top of the show, it's been far from perfect, but I think um, that it has gotten better every week. I think it's obvious that Aaron Rodgers is sort of leading the leading the team with more more hustle. That's in the coming out of the coming out of the huddle, getting to the line, more snaps than ever. I think are coming with plenty of time to spare on the play clock, as documented previously by the stats compiled by our intern who's sleeping on the floor behind me. I think that in many cases, Rodgers is, is like taking those quick play yards uh, prescribed by a given play. I think that there's a, if there's a need to pull back and take a second look, I think that the second decision is also coming more quickly than in, in recent years. And Ben, to borrow a phrase uh, from you, uh, hero ball, I, I, I think that there's less hero ball happening. And I think that part of that is that he trusts the defense but I think that part of that is also trusting the scheme and the coach and the coach just trusting that there will be more opportunities that they will be fruitful. Um, so save the hero ball for the two minute warning or for when it's truly needed and otherwise just be efficient. And, um, you know, we can debate the number of weapons and the quality of the weapons that Rogers has at his disposal, Ben, as, as you just did. But to my, I test right now. I see Rodgers as uh, a guy who isn't being asked to carry the team 100% of the time and is doing his part. And, and for all the narratives about how he's a malcontent and for every camera that like tries to catch a glimpse of Rodgers and LaFleur having a, a tense moment, I, I think so far, by and large, the coach-quarterback dynamic has been successful. Not perfect, but it's been positive and, and that's kind of my assessment for the first four games and I, I look for that to continue and improve going forward yeah I think one thing I like that I've seen coming out of Rogers this season as it's gone on um, he's looked really good throwing on the move in a way that I think I haven't seen quite as much of so far yeah well, he's got two. Uh, he's got two good legs this year. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. And then I think one of the things that I expected to see after Jamal Williams went down was that the, you know, he's he's so much better of a pass blocker than Aaron Jones that I thought I thought that they would start giving up a lot of sacks. But he he did kind of stick to the timing and stick like there wasn't a lot of hero ball as you said, and I think that's that's a good sign moving forward. Um, that I think that actually I think. The Philadelphia game, I mean, obviously, you know, he threw for whatever, 450 yards or whatever. But I do think that that was kind of, even beyond that, he he managed to kind of trust the system yep. and, and, and play to the play as it was drawn up. Yeah. You know, I mean, should he have audible at the line from first and one? I don't know. But, <laughs> um, 
I mean, he more yeah. than anyone wants to keep giving you know Jimmy Graham chances. He said that. <laughs> yeah, I don't totally get that. I mean, I get it. I guess I get it in. I get it in the red zone. I get like, but I, 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 I've said my piece on Jimmy Graham. I've <laughs> just like I, I wanted him to prove me wrong. He looked like he was gonna maybe get that way in that game, and, and ultimately, ultimately he didn't. But I mean, to your point, that's that's like a. Is that a Rodgers thing or is that a Lafleur thing? The way that that particular goal line series went down. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I didn't get the sense with the packages ever that they were going to run the ball. Yeah, try a quarterback sneak. I don't know. I just, mm. I don't love the idea of the quarterback sneak even, but at least not. I mean, and I understand. I think Bulag is out. You know, um, Jamal is out. Yeah, I just, I don't see. I, I, I worry a little that that. Um, that Lafleur was kind of seemed to be thrown by things that maybe shouldn't quite have thrown him as much as they did in terms of of reaction. Yeah, I guess that I was I was considering making this part of my my note nugget, but I I do get the feeling that we are watching Lafleur learn how to be a head coach in in game situations, kind of on the fly. Here it's a little bit of baptism by fire, um, not something that he has ever done before. And and similar to like Rogers and the offense overall, as a reflection of the team, I think that he's gotten better each week. But it seems like each week there's some challenge. I don't mean literally like a challenge, like a penalty or something, but I mean like some some adversity within the game that needs to be overcome that maybe he doesn't handle very well and again I think it's it's something where I think that he's been good at after the game going back assessing and learning from that but in the heat of the moment maybe not making the necessary adjustments I mean as you mentioned earlier and we we were chatting about this um, during the game but why you 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 you're taking a risk by going into a game with just two running backs and then you have Danny Vitale on Danny Vitale on the roster as as your fullback one of your running backs goes down and Danny Vitale I think finished that game with uh 20 snaps out of 81 total offensive snaps and it just seems like if you as you said if you're going to have that's the adversity situation where maybe you change course and you start to feature that guy we know that there's plays designed for him we saw them in the preseason and it's just that's just one of those things where in the heat of the moment, I don't understand why he did what he did. I don't know. I hope to see some accountability within the within the, you know, not in a in a like self-flagellating way, but just in a like learning from your mistake and doing better. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is I, I still kind of believe that's a game the Packers should have won. Um, Not not in a the Packers screwed up and not winning it. I mean, obviously, they did at various points. But even with everything going the way it did, I would say that the Packers normally win that game yeah there was a whole lot of kind of dumb things that happened at various points to ensure that they didn't win that game well every year there's going to be a couple of those games sometimes you get them sometimes you don't but let's put the last four games behind us and then uh if you will then join me and let's look ahead to the uh, the next quarter of the season and again the packers are three and one and their next four games are as follows. At the Dallas Cowboys, what up, Randall Cobb? Single tear rolling down my face. Home against Detroit Lions. 
uh, home against the Oakland Raiders, and then they travel to Kansas City. Uh, ben, we, we've kind of shaken the rust off here. I think that teams are now rounding into form. I feel like week four, we finally started to see what some of these teams really are going to look like down the stretch. So w- with that in mind, how do you feel about the Packers sort of in the stretch that I just outlined here? I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> Long pause. I don't know. There's a world where they lose all of those games. <laughs> wow. All of them. No, they probably don't lose the Raiders game now that I think about it. But there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a world where they come out of this stretch being four and four. And the weird thing is that even in that world, I still think this is a pretty good football team. And I don't, that wouldn't shake me a whole lot. I think the likelier outcome, yeah, I think I can say that I think the likelier outcome is probably losing to the Cowboys, beating the Lions, beating the Raiders, and losing to the Chiefs. And I guess the the flip side of that is even if they were to win all of those games, I don't think I'd feel the team is that much better than I already do. I don't see them being able to kind of definitively beat any of those teams with with kind of like a... um, statement game kind of margin uh, of the score. I mean, I guess I I could see them beating the Raiders like that, actually, now that I think about it. I guess that Kansas City is the one game where I see if they win convincingly, I think they are a much better football team than I already think they do. Right now, I just think they're I think they're firmly ensconced in that kind of in in the top tier of the NFL right now. Uh, I'd say top five or six teams. And they could go two and two, they could go three and one, they could go one and three, and none of that would change my opinion of this team all that much. Yeah, I don't totally... Does that I, make sense? I, it does make sense. I don't totally disagree, but I want to I wanna focus for a second. The first game coming up here uh, this Sunday is going to be at the Dallas Cowboys. And as I mentioned, sort of uh, setting up this segment, I think that you know, week four we really start to see the teams round into shape and kind of they are become exposed for, for who they are. And we're going to Dallas, and I, I would have thought a couple of weeks ago, hey, Dallas is uh, a really, really good team, a tough offense, an improved defense. But um, if we're looking back on their games, I mean, week one. They beat an Eli Manning-led Giants team. Then they played Washington. Then they played Miami. And then their first kind of real test was against the Saints, the Drew Breesless Saints, granted, on the road. And that's when they get shut down, losing, I believe, 12 to 10 was the final score. So I think I mean, the one thing is the Cowboys are pretty balanced as an offense. But if Green Bay's defense doesn't show some significant improvements from what we saw Thursday, I don't see them. It's it. I don't see them being able to stop uh, Dallas. I see Dallas maybe potentially being able to stop themselves if they try to run too yeah. much, as they sometimes have a, a, a penchant for doing. I do. I do wonder if if coming out of the Eagles game, if 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 Philadelphia exposed a strategy that other teams. Uh, with similar personnel can exploit. The Cowboys have a really good running back. They have guys like Cobb and Cooper who can who can get open for that dink and dunk offense if that's what you need to do. And so like that's that I think that is a repeatable strategy. 
for the Cowboys, but I'm wondering sort of, and, and we'll see. Their this. line is going to look a lot worse, though, than Philadelphia's. Definitely, and and we're just finding out today that their left tackle is down for this game, so they're going to uh, they're going to have a backup there, and that's going to be advantage Packers, of course. But we're really going to see, I think, how much of Thursday's ineffectiveness on defense uh, was due to it being a weird Thursday night game against the best offensive line in in the league and, and how much of it was really that the Packers are are lacking in the run defense department. I don't know. Do you have strong feelings there? I mean, you know, I don't think it's not news to us that inside linebacker is the weakest part of the, the defensive side of the ball. You know, it's Blake and what else? And um, I also don't think that it's news to us that the team is really asking a lot of, of three guys on the, on the front, you know, yeah. the front is taking a lot, a lot of snaps and, yep. you know, against a good offensive line like that, they, it will be tough to get off the field. I don't think that the, I don't really think that the Philadelphia game showed us something we didn't know about this defense. Um, it showed they could have a bad game. I think we all kind of felt that here. I mean, we uh, on the pod, I don't want to, I guess I don't want to speak for you guys, but we talked about like this defense is legit, but that, but that surrendering the run is almost like part of the design. I would say that they are better than average, but you know, they also hadn't tried I mean, why am I blanking on it? It's Minnesota, which whose offense is pretty awful and Dalvin gashed him, but it didn't matter. The bears offense was garbage. And what was the week three game? The Denver Broncos. Oh yeah. Also garbage. Yep. So that said, I mean, it's also possible that this team isn't good, but I, I think it's actually, I think like the wins don't mean as much as they have and the losses don't mean as much either. Hot takes from the APC pod. It's possible this team is good. It's also possible this team's not very good. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, I think this team is, is actually pretty good. Um, I don't think they're world beaters yet, but I, I think they're pretty good and the pieces are in place and it's a pretty, for the most part, pretty convenient schedule for them to make the playoffs still. You know, do I look... Do, I don't look at this team and think they're worse than the Lions. I don't look at them and think they're worse than the Vikings, and I don't look at them and think they're worse than, than the Bears. Well, you can be better, but you need to have um, a better record. So on that note, let's look really quickly at the other, uh, the other teams in the division over this next uh, stretch of four games. The Lions have a bye, um, and then it's at Green Bay... They host the Vikings, then they host the Giants. Um, I think at best, who, who knows, knows what the, the Giants? Gi- the, like the Lions themselves are are kind of a mystery team. I think that they are better than we expected, but they still have the capacity to Lions all over the place. Yeah, and uh, so I think that's at best a two and one stretch, but it might be one and two. Two and one would put them at four two and one. Otherwise, it'd be three two and one. Um, the Bears' next four are at Raiders, hosting the Saints hosting the Chargers and at the Eagles. And um, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it really depends on on what you can do on offense with with Mitch Trubisky. Hurt, as I believe he's going to be out for a little while. If we allow for the fact that their defense will challenge anyone, maybe they go three and one, two and two, and then they're uh, six and two or five and three, again, with a head-to-head loss to the Packers, man, that's going to loom large, I think, down the stretch. But then wrapping up the division, the Vikings 
are also a really tough nut to crack. But I think, again, continuing this theme of of teams sort of showing who they are around week four, I think we are seeing the Kirk Cousins that we that we all knew we'd see eventually. To me, they're looking more and more average. And they go to the Giants, they host the Eagles, they go to the Lions, and then they host um, Washington. I'm tempted to say it's a two and two stretch for them, which would put them at four and four. Even a three and two stretch would put them at a five and three. This division is just shrouded in mystery, man. It's a tough one. I mean, I think it's probably going to be a bloodbath and be one of those seasons where you win the division at nine, six and one or whatever. In in week 17 or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I mean, either that or, yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to really come out as a clear top dog. Uh, I, I mean, I do think the Vikings are, should be a lot better than they are. And I don't think it's all Kirk Cousins. I do think like the coaching staff yeah. could make changes that would make that team better. So I think they're actually the one that I'm kind of most afraid of in the long run. Maybe I'm underestimating Detroit, but you know, I don't I don't really know how to evaluate a game in which both teams put the ball on the ground six times in a in a quarter. <laughs> like I don't really know what to make of that or to yeah. evaluate it as like that could easily just be the worst game that the Chiefs have played in a long, long well, time. Speaking of the Chiefs, let's focus again on the the Packers four games. You kind of went wishy washy. Oh, I could see a scenario here. I could see a scenario there. Give me your prediction at Cowboys, um, home against Detroit, home against the Raiders, and then they go to Kansas City. Those four games. What do you think their record is in those four games? Oh, I will say at Cowboys. Is a loss. Disagree. <laughs> I mean, that's the one I'm least sold on. I just think on the road, potentially no Devontae. Potentially, I don't know what Bulaga's timeline is. Yeah. The Randall Cobb revenge game. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I see it as a loss, but maybe I'm wrong. And Hot take. Maybe I'm wrong. I see winning, beating the Lions at home. I see beating the Raiders. Is that also at home? Yep. Yeah, that game I don't see them losing. Uh, and then I think the likeliest outcome is they end this stretch two and two, taking them to five and three, which is still pretty good at that point in the season. I'm not. I'm not that worried. I'm gonna go three and one just to be just to be the the optimist. Uh, of the pair, I, I as I as I was trying to outline before making the case for for beating the Cowboys, I think that is an imminently winnable game. I think they can they can beat the Lions at home. I think that they will destroy the Raiders at home, and then I do ultimately think that um, that they will lose to Kansas City. So that would put them if the, if it was three and one, that would put them at what are you smirking at? <laughs> Nothing unrelated. I mean, vaguely related. Unrelated. Vaguely related. Sometimes the video sometimes the video chat's a hindrance because I'm like, you're just laughing at me right now. No, no, no. I'm not laughing at you. While I'm making my not so intellectual case for blah 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 football nonsense. Uh before we get out of here, one thing that I forgot to do was to uh do the the listener note nug. So Ben, you and I sort of gave our assessment for the first quarter of the season and we also Put out, uh, put out a message on Twitter at the APC pod asking all of you fine folks, hashtag note nugs after every game. And in this case, 
after the quarter of the season. Asking you for your assessment of the first four games, and we'll go down the list here. Louis writes in his note nug for the first four games, like division record, tiebreaker situation, dislike goal line fades. Me too, man. James writes in JK, JK, JK. And uh, you're nodding along with us, Ben. I, I want to say really quickly on the JK tip, I, I don't know if that's a uh, tongue in cheek, but um, it is really, really nice to have special teams that is not God awful all the time. Only, only some of the time. Only some of the time. I can deal with only some of the time. That's fine. <laughs> That's yeah. fine. Still less than optimal. Less than optimal, but but better than than Captain Captain Jetski and the B team. Uh, not Ryan tweets in WTF at the run defense. We both agree. We've 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 covered that. Finally, a uh, last one in from James. He says, the free agents and young guys that Goody has brought in really turned this team around. I, I as we've talked about, I think it's a, it's a little bit too early to say that. I do think that Goody comes out looking pretty good for the defensive acquisitions, but I don't know. Then they were, then they were exposed against the Eagles and were down a running back and down a star receiver. And what is the offense? I don't know. Who knows? We shall see. Yeah, I mean, I, I will. I, I. If you had to give it a letter grade, I would say that Goody deserves a on on players alone, I would say a B plus. Solid B plus. I agree. Goody is not seem to be responsible for coaching hires, so I guess I shouldn't evaluate him on that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Ah, Murphy. And as I shake my fist at the sky and curse Mark Murphy's name. Ben Foley nods his head rhythmically to the polka. We're going to get out of here for now. I'm going to try really hard to get you guys a Dallas Cowboys preview episode here in a couple days really quickly. It's been four games, so I want to update you on the Pick'em, the APC Podcast Listener Pick'em League, starting in first place, Matthew Soik, Kyle Clifton, Sean Williams, Mateus Alves, John Gehring, Matthew Grosser, Price Tolson, Victor Alves, Christian Schmidt, Simon Hardy, and the list goes on. Thank you for playing. You guys are doing great. Really tough week for picks. I think I got like 50 points. Man, what a week. Week four. Who knew? All right, we are going to get out of here for now and hopefully be back with you guys in a couple days. Subscribe, rate us on iTunes, all that stuff, at the APC Pod on Twitter and Instagram, at Ben Foldy, at Zach Rapport on Twitter for you know talking to us my dog moved hey there he is hey buddy he has no idea what's going on doesn't speak english all right that's it we're getting out of here i'm getting really bad at this go packers bye bye <laughs>